Okay, here we go. Well, y'all, I'm so pumped to preach to you this morning. Is anybody excited? I am so pumped. It's like th during this series, I don't know if it's the fact that I get to play with guns or I have this battleship on the stage, but it's like every time I get up to preach to you, I'm more excited than I was the last week to preach to you. And I've been excited every week. And so I'm really pumped about this week. Um, this is a message that whenever I started to write this series, I really felt like this was going to be my message. I mean, just the title to the message alone is, is my kind of title. But before we dig into that, I just want to say thank you, church. I just want to stop. You know, this month has been a month where a lot of people have been thanking me. You've been coming. It's Pastor's Appreciation Month. You can see people with shirts with my face on it. Weird. Um, weirdest thing ever uh, to walk around and see your face on somebody's shirt. But listen, I just want to stop and say thank you. Thank you. If you come to, ch to church here, thank you. If you give here, thank you for what you do. If you, if you signed up for boot camp and you are allowing me to wake you up at six o'clock in the morning so that you can start spiritual training, thank you for doing that. It is a big deal to me that you are doing that. Thank you, church fan. If you're a visitor here with us today and it is your first time to be here, thank you. It's a crazy place. Let me just go ahead and tell you. But thank you for coming. Would you give it up for our visitors today? Thank you, thank you. I cannot tell you how much of an honor it is to lead this church family. I, I, would, I don't ever want to go anywhere else. This is my favorite place to be. Anybody else you experience that way when you come? Amen. Well, y'all, I'm about to dive into where we're going um, for the rest of this series. I'm so excited. Uh, this morning, we, we've been in this series. What's the series called? The series has been called, thank you, The Battleship Church. Week one was all about defining the fight, understanding the fight that we are in, having God open up our spiritual eyes so that when God is working, we can see that God is working. When Satan is working and the enemy is attacking, we can learn and, and train our eyes and open up our spiritual eyes to see that Satan is attacking. How many of y'all would be honest and say throughout this month, you've noticed more than ever the attacks of the enemy? What about you've noticed more than ever where God is coming in and attacking the enemy? Man, that's fantastic. So that first week was all about understanding the fight that's going on. Week number two was all about understanding your weapons. If you're going to be in the military, you get weapons to play with. I know that weapons people, they don't like it when I say to play with. You get weapons that you have to understand. And in order for me to be effective in the military, I have to know how to use this weapon. I have to know how to get this weapon unjammed. I have to know how to load this weapon. I have to know if it's on safety or if it's not on safety. I have to know all the things to do with this weapon. Somebody say amen. amen. Listen, in the, in the army of Christ, we have weapons. He's given us weapons. We have to understand those weapons. That was all week number two, understanding the weapons that God has given you. Week number three was all about the reason that we have this fight is for souls. The, this, the, the title, not the title, the, the quote that really stirred me up in this series was the most valuable thing on this, on the earth, on the, in the universe is a human soul. So much so that heaven and hell war over them daily. So week number three was all about the reason that we are fighting is because souls are at stake. Amen. And we have a responsibility to go and try to save souls. Week number four last week was all about defending against the enemy. And, um, how do I defend my family? How do I defend my marriage, my home, my church 
against the enemy. If you haven't been here and you want to go back and check those out, you can check them out on our online or you can check them out on the podcast. Next week, we're going to end this series on Celebration Sunday. I'm going to, I'm going to preach real quickly. I'm going to try to preach quickly uh, a message called Fight Till Death. And so we're going to end the series next week. By the way, this is the last week that we're going to have the battleship up here. Next week, we're going to be doing baptisms and everything. So if you want to get pictures with it, it's the last week to get pictures with it. After service today, you can come up and do that. But next week, I'm going to be closing this thing out with a message called Fight Till Death. And next week is also your last chance to do the memory verse. How many of y'all have done your memory verse? Whoa, that's more than I thought was going to raise your hand. Yes, you guys are awesome. So the memory verse is Matthew 28, 19 through 20. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples all the things that I have commanded you and be sure of this. I am with you always, even until the end of the age. Uh, next week is the last week for you to say that at the Connect booth. Um, and so today, everybody say today. Um, I said Connect booth. It's at the gift shop. Today, the title of the message is Storm the Gates of Hell. I just like to say that. When I think Storm the Gates of Hell, my favorite band, they're called Four Today. If you don't like heavy metal music, don't look them up, okay? Uh, they're called Four Today, and pretty much all of their music is about fighting Satan. Like, when I listen to their music, I like to, I like to exercise or run or lift weights because I just want to beat up Satan. Anybody ever, you hear Storm the Gates of Hell, and it just makes you want to kick Satan in the face? Yes, okay, this is my kind of church. Those of you that you are raising your hand, you are my kind of people. We are the same. Somebody say amen. amen. And so the purpose of this message is to help us to understand that as a church, listen to me, it's not just our job to hide away in a building and, 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 and put up our shield of faith and our walls and protect ourselves against the enemy. As a church, God has actually empowered us to step out of the church, to go beyond our gates and to go and push the darkness and push the armies of darkness back to their gates and storm the gates of hell. I thought you guys were gonna get more excited about that. How many of you would be excited if we were storming the gates of hell? Yes, that is what God has called us as a church to do. Now, how do we do that? How do we do that? Is that even a true statement? Is that capable for the church to storm the gates of hell? Let me, let me share with you, and I've, I've said this multiple times. Matthew chapter 16, verse 18 says this. Jesus says, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. God's goal for the church is that the church would be so powerful that we would be pushing back, that we would be storming, and that we would be destroying the gates of hell. It said they will not prevail. Now, now let's go a little bit of history with gates. Okay, gates were put up. Originally, gates were built 100% for protection. Most of the time when people put gates up at their house, what they're saying is, I don't want you to come in here without permission, right? And so if you go into history, Jerusalem is a great example the city of David, Jerusalem, they had these massive walls that were built around the city. And then there was the Northern gate and the Eastern gate and the different gates that was, and the gates were put up to keep the enemies out. And as long as the gates were up and they were closed, and as long as the walls were up, then usually they would be able to defend off any enemy that is coming in. Now, Israel and, and the people of Israel turned against God. And if you remember, God opened up the door for the Babylonians to come in. And the Bible says that they tore apart and ripped down and burned the gates to the city of David. They burned the place. If you remember, it talks about Nehemiah coming to restore. And in 50 something days, they built, rebuilt all of the walls and restored the walls and restored the gates. Listen, when the gates were, were, were in shambles, when the gates were burned, it says that they were living in shame. They were full of shame. 
Why? Because they had been defeated. Because their gates, their, their biggest thing of defense was destroyed and now they couldn't defend themselves. So think with me for just a second how cool it would be if we were like the Babylonians. And if we stormed, if God opened the door for us and empowered us to storm through the, 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 the walls of the enemy, to tear down the walls, break down the gates of hell and burn those babies and move and push them back, they would be in shame. Somebody say amen. amen. So that's what we're looking to do. Now, how do we do that? That sounds very spiritual to storm the gates of hell, but what does that look like? That's what we're gonna talk about today. And so uh, if you are interested with me in storming the gates of hell, how many of you are interested in storming the gates? Yes. I wanna share with you three things that I think that you need to understand in order to be effective in storming the gates of hell. Number one is this. You can't storm anything without Christ. I think it's important for you to understand this. If you are not following Christ, if Christ is not living in you, or if you are somehow like halfway doing this Christian thing, like I, I want to... I want to get out of hell stamp card, but I don't really want to follow what the Lord has for me. You need to understand if Christ is not living in you and empowering you, you are going to get your butt kicked if you go against the enemy. Let me prove it to you in scripture. Okay. Acts chapter 19. I'm going to read verses 13 through 20. And here's what it says. A group of Jews was traveling from town to town, casting out evil spirits. They tried to use the name of the Lord Jesus in their incantation, saying, I command you in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches. I want to stop there. Okay, obviously, they were not following Jesus. They didn't know much about Jesus. They knew about Paul, and Paul was preaching Jesus. So they say, we command you in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches, not the name of Jesus who's living in me, not the name of Jesus, my King and my Savior, not the name of Jesus who gives me my power, the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches, who I don't have a clue who he is. We command you to come out in the name of Jesus. Now look at this. Seven sons of Sceva, a leading priest, were doing this. But one time when they tried it, the evil spirit replied. Can you imagine? <laughs> the evil spirit replied, I know Jesus and I know Paul. I'd love for them to be able to say, I know Josh. Like I'm that dangerous. I'm pushing them back so much. I know Jesus and I know Paul. But who are you? <laughs> Then the man with the evil spirit leaped on them, overpowered them, attacked them with such violence that they fled from the house naked and battered. This is what happens when you go to the enemy and try to fight the enemy that we fight without Christ. I will never forget the most demonic encounter that I have ever uh, been a part of. I had this friend call me, uh, it was probably five, six years ago, she called me and she said, hey, uh, pastor, this is a Sunday, okay? I'm locking up the church, getting ready to go. It's about two o'clock. And she calls me and she says, hey, pastor, I just want you to know that my brother's demon possessed. He's full of demons and I'm bringing him to you to cast the demons out. I said, uh, okay. <laughs> a little bit odd, but we'll, yeah. Mm -hmm. I guess that's my job. <laughs> and, uh, and so, she, you know, you never know with people because sometimes parents are like, my child is full of demons. And I'm like, nah, they really just got a bad attitude. And part of that is they get it from you. And so, uh, <laughs> and so she, she calls me. And so I say, okay, well, bring him to me. And so she gets here and she's like, he's in the car. And so I walk out to the car. I'll never forget, walk out to the car and I open the door and he looks up at me. And the best description that I can give you, have you ever seen a dog with rabies? Okay, a dog with rabies that it like looks over it and you can just see the demons in them. 
you can see that there's something really jacked up, foaming at the mouth. Like this. So I open the door and he is foaming at the mouth, growling at me. And it looks like this bloody looking foam. And so I just opened the door, seen him and shut the door. <laughs> and I walked away from the car and I said, sister, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna have to call in some backup because I ain't trying to do that by myself. And so she said, okay. So I called my mom. I called a few other people and I said, hey, look, I got this dude. He's for real demon possessed and I, I need some help. And so I had some people that came. Brother Finch came. There were some people that came and, uh, and y'all, we, we, I got him out of the car and he seemed a little bit calmer. We get him up to the front door and he just goes nuts. And this guy is older. I should be able to take him. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, and he's just putting a whooping on me, uh, throws me against the wall, picks me up and just slams me against the concrete wall. Just crazy. And so finally we get him in this room and he starts flinging chairs all across the room. There's just this supernatural strength that was going on with this guy. Finally, we get him down and there's just, there's this, uh, uh, this, this war that's taking place for this guy's body and this guy's soul. Luckily we have the power of Christ in us. And when we stopped trying to use our physical power and started working using our spiritual power, then we begin to move some headway and get to, I will never forget when, when Brother Finch finally casted the demon out and the demon left the room and was gone. The guy turned up and he looked at me and he said, hey, pastor, where are we at? I said, you had the church, brother. And then he looked over at Brother Finch and he said, you're the horn guy. Because Brother Finch used to jump up here and, and, and blow the shofar. And, uh, and so the guy had no idea what was going on. We began to explain to him. He didn't believe us. And so we wound up getting on the cameras to the church and showing him how he kicked my butt when we were coming in the door, throwing me against the walls and all the things. Now, and then another time, another time, um, I remember being in, I wasn't a part of this, but I was watching, I was watching this group of people that was praying for this lady. And this demon rose up in this lady and said to them, that she, they, the demon laughed at them and said, I have been in this family for 90 years. I'm not going anywhere. Now, why am I telling you these things? I'm telling you these things because you need to understand this war is no joke. You need to understand if you go halfway living in obedience to God, I'm kind of a Christian, but I'm living in the world. And if you, you need to understand when you're opening yourself up for the enemy to come in or when you're going in to be victorious over the enemy. Amen? Without the power of Christ, we may end up naked, battered, and beaten like the seven sons of Sceva. We need to understand, y'all, that Satan has an army. Everybody say army. He has an army. I, I talked to you about the army of God a few weeks ago. I, I talked to you about how God is the, the chief and commander uh, of, of all of the armies. Then you have the angels and then you have on the earth, you have the army that he's raising up. We're called the army of Christ. Everybody say Christ. In the army of Christ, there's officers, there's apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. And the, the Ephesians chapter five tells us that those officers, the point of God having these officers, it, their job is to equip the body of Christ, to do the work of the ministry, to do the work of Christ, to go out and storm the gates of hell. That is the point of the officers in the church is to equip us and get us ready for warfare. Somebody say amen. amen. But I need you to listen to me. So then we have us, the normal people, who are the, we're the, 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 the lieutenants and the, uh, the new recruits and the, the new soldiers that are coming in and learning to battle. That is what it looks like to be in the army of Christ, but also Satan has an army. And I talked to you about them last week a little bit. It says in Ephesians chapter six, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. 
What is that saying? That means that he's got a layout of an army. First, he names principalities. So you've got Satan. Everybody say the big boy. And then you have principalities. Has anybody ever, um, let me try to help you understand principalities. Has anybody ever driven into a city um, that you could just feel the darkness in the city? Okay, let me give you an example. I go to Mexico a lot. I like to go to Mexico. There's a city called Reynosa. Has anybody ever been to Reynosa? Okay, so yeah, if you've been to Reynosa, then Reynosa is dark, very dark. Most of the city, 70-something percent of the city, worships the reaper. I think they call it uh, Santa Muerte or something like that. I don't remember. Anyways, it's, it's like the reaper, like legit the reaper. I woke up at 2 o'clock in the morning sleeping on top of a church one time. I heard these people praying. I was like, oh, that's cool. They're praying at 2 in the morning. And I go and get on the roof to go snoop around a little bit. And they got this gigantic statue of the reaper with candles everywhere at 2 in the morning. They're worshiping the reaper. I drive into that city and I can feel this principality. How did this principality come into play? That principality has rights over that city because 70 something percent of the people of that city are worshiping this guy. That's huge, y'all. You can, you can feel this different. I, I have felt the spirit of poverty, a, a principality of poverty that's holding over an area. But then under principalities, then you have, you have powers. Now, the word powers here is, if you go back to the Greek word, it's excusia, I think, which means delegated authority. Okay, so in our army in America, you have, um, obviously you've got commanders and things, but you have the Air Force and you have the Marines and you have the Army and you have all of the different uh, people that go out in those, those veins. Well, in, he has delegated authorities, which are, he's got his army and he's got his air force and he's got all of the different um, types. And then underneath those guys, you have what is called um, rulers of the darkness of this age. That would be his commanders. And so then you have uh, commander and lieutenant and help me out, corporal and General, and th th those are in the armies. And then you have spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Why am I telling you all this? I'm not trying to scare you. I'm, not I'm trying to help you understand. Satan hates you so much. Satan hates God so much. And he wants your soul so much. And he wants everything that is God's so much. He has strategically put together an army to come against you. And if you are not full of the power of Christ, what's going to happen is that army is going to take you out. Amen? Amen. So, number one, you can't storm anything without Christ. Number two, in your notes, with Christ and his authority, we have the power to storm the gates of hell and take on the armies of darkness. I love this. In Matthew chapter 28, I want, I want to try to help you understand this is right where our, our memory verse is coming from. In Matthew chapter 28, Jesus is meeting with his disciples. He's about to go back up to heaven and he's given them their last commission. And so he meets with the disciples and in verse 18, here's what he tells them. He says, Jesus come and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. I, how much authority? Okay, why does he say this? I think some people don't understand why he says this. He's commissioning them. I have been given all authority in heaven and earth, so I need you 
because you are working through me and allowing me to work in you. And now you're walking in my authority. I have been given authority in heaven and earth. So go out and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. He's given you the authority with him and through him to do that. Now, I want you to listen to how Mark says it, because he says it differently. Same, same scenario. Here's what Mark says. He says in Mark 16, 17 through 20, he says, these miraculous signs will follow those that believe. They will cast out demons in my name. Ooh, I like that. And they will speak in new languages and they will be able to handle snakes with safety. I just, I'll let somebody else have the snakes. Don't really care for those. And if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. Listen to this. They will be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. And then in verse 19, it says, when the Lord Jesus had finished talking with them, he was taken up to heaven and sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. And the disciples went everywhere and preached. Listen to this. And the Lord worked through them, confirming what they said by many miraculous signs. And the Lord worked through them. I have been given all authority. And if you will allow me to work through you, I'll give you the authority too to cast out demons, to go against the enemy and to storm the gates of hell. In Romans chapter eight, it tells us the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is living inside of us. I like that, y'all. I like that. Listen, as your captain, I need you to understand that you may be powerless against the enemies without Christ, but when you have Christ, when you have given your life to Jesus, when you've been filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, when he's empowered you and given you supernatural abilities, you have the power to take out the enemy. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you. So I wanna show you a little example of maybe what this looks like. So through this training, listen to me, through this training, what you have learned is you have learned how to spot the enemy. Okay, so the enemy is coming at my life. What do I do? I got an AR-15. They coming at me. I'm taking them out. Somebody say amen. amen. I do that through prayer. I do that through worship. I do that. Small enemies coming. I just do it by myself. But then bigger enemies come. Now this enemy's coming at my family. This enemy's coming at my marriage. The, the AR-15 ain't going to work because this enemy's a little bit bigger. So God has given you the ability throughout this month to spot. Oh, I see the enemy. I see where he's coming. So what do I do? I pick out the, the weapon that I need. Load the cannon. I get ready, lock on, aim, fire. And God's given me the ability to take out the enemy. Now listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. Now, now this one's a bigger enemy. Then a bigger enemy comes. The, the last one, the one came out to take me out and I took him out. And then the one came out to take my family and, and, and I, with the army in a battleship, we put the right thing on to take him out. But then sometimes a bigger enemy comes. Then an enemy comes at our church. Whole church is then being fought and, and taken out and, and beat up by the enemy. So then you spot the enemy. That's an aircraft carrier. You know how much damage we could do to the, the, the enemy, to the, the body of the, the army of dark, darkness if we take out the aircraft carrier. So then you get yourself ready. You spot the enemy. You learn. You know how to load the cannons. You know how to use your weapons. You get ready. Aim. Fire. Come on. and you take out the enemy. Come on, give God some praise. Yeah. 
So what are you saying, pastor? I'm saying, I'm saying, listen to me. I know that that's fun and that kind of stuff is great for me. I, I love all of this. Some of you, you're like, well, this isn't spiritual at all. Well, if you would listen, it would be. If you would listen, it would be. Because when you take this physical thing, you can do this in the spiritual. You can learn to spot. There's the enemy working. There's where God is working. I'm going to align myself with God and the armies of God, and we're going to go at the enemy. Amen? Which brings me to point number three. Point number three, we're going to talk about how to do this a little bit. Number three, storm the gates in prayer. Storm the gates in prayer. Now we've, would y'all give it up for my crew? Now we've, we've talked a lot about different weapons. I'm going to need a new crew after this week. If anybody, if anybody wants to uh, sign up for that, um, we've talked about different weapons. Y'all we talked about worship. We talked about prayer. We've talked about uh, the word. I, I would like to dive in. I, I believe if we look at scripture that your prayers, you can make your prayers more powerful. I believe that there are things in your life that you can do to emphasize your ability to pray. How many of y'all believe that? If you don't believe that, I'm hoping that I can prove you different, okay? So let me kind of show you uh, the training that we have been going through and implementing in our prayer room has really been effective. And I wanna, I wanna show you kind of what this has looked like. Um, so in our prayer team, what I've been doing is I've been taking out this whiteboard and um, been taking out this whiteboard and we're going together and I'm asking them questions. I feel like the Lord has been leading me and giving me questions to ask them so that we can do exactly what I'm teaching you to do. And what I'm doing right now, I, wanted, I would like to encourage you to do at home. I like to encourage you to do with your, I mean, you don't have to grab a, a whiteboard. I have a big, uh, there's 50 people in that room, so I have to have a big thing, but you could grab a piece of paper or something. And so what are we doing? Here's, here's the kind of questions that I'm asking. And uh, what we're doing is we're allowing the Holy Spirit Okay, through the gifts of the Holy Spirit, discernment being one of those, prophecy being one of those, through the gifts of the Holy Spirit to, um, to lead us into prayer in that room. Okay, let me show you. Um, right now, somebody lift your hand. Don't scream it out. Somebody lift your hand and tell me, where do you see God working in the church right now? Killian. I'm sorry? Okay, I'm gonna need a better answer than that. Thank you, Killian. Yes, in the back. I'm sorry? Inside the hearts of everyone. Okay. Let's go a little bit. Uh, Miss Judy. The heart center. Okay. So we see God moving in and through the heart center. Somebody give me one more. Where do you see God moving? Yes. I'm sorry. In worship. How many of you would agree that God's moving in worship? Okay. Another area that I am seeing God moving a lot outside of our church body is unity in the body of Christ. Okay, so these are areas that we are, we are seeing God moving. Where do, next question, where do you see the enemy attacking? Where do you see the enemy attacking? Anybody? Yes. In the family. Okay. Somebody else? Yes. Financial. Okay. Somebody else? Yes. Health. Okay. There was another one. Media, okay, health, media. 
Oh, they told me to write bigger. I write horrible. I'm sorry, y'all. Um, the last question is, according to the Bible, so the word is a big piece of how we fight. According to the Bible, what should we ask God for? Somebody? Boldness in Acts. We see that big time. Anybody else? What should we ask God for? Yes. Faith. Okay. In James, it says to ask God for wisdom. In 1 Corinthians, it says to ask God to give you spiritual gifts. Okay, so I want you to watch. Y'all ready? And we're going to put this together. Let's say we're in a prayer meeting. We're getting ready. We now are going to align ourselves with God. What he is doing. When God is doing something, you want to align yourself with what God is doing. So we're going to celebrate and thank God for what he's doing. And then we are going to pray together for the things that we see God doing. Then we're going to observe the area that the enemy is attacking us. And what are we going to do? We're going to attack back. We're going to fight against the stuff that's attacking the family. We're going to fight against. We're going to speak. Um, when I'm stewarding things the, the way that, that the Bible tells me to, then I can speak over my finances and I can pray over my finances. There's power there. We can speak over health. The Bible says, by our stripes, by his stripes, we are healed. We can, uh, we can attack back on media. And so, when, so you align yourself with what God is doing and then you attack the enemy. And then you go to the Lord and say, your word says, your word says, I should pray for boldness. I need you to give me boldness and I'm believing that you're gonna give me boldness. Your word says that you have given me a measure of faith and that I need to grow my faith. Lord, would you begin to open doors for me to grow my faith? And James, you tell us to ask for wisdom. When you need wisdom, ask the generous God. Well, I need wisdom as a husband. I need wisdom as a pastor. I need wisdom in every department of my life. Anybody else? And then the last one, growing in spiritual gifts. It actually says to ask for and seek out the most helpful gifts is what Paul says. And so what you do, you align yourself with God. You come again, you align yourself with the armies of God and what he's doing. You come against the enemy and attack together. And then you pray for what God asks you and shows you and tells you to pray for. I promise you, if you begin to do this, you're going to see the, the move of enemy the, of the enemy even more. You're going to recognize what God is doing even more. You're seeing where God is and you're aligning yourself with God. You're attacking and coming against the enemy. Somebody else comes, man, the enemy is just, yeah, I've been seeing that. I've been seeing that in the spiritual realm. And then you, you're asking for the things that God tells you to ask for. Hey, listen, the Bible says, ask and you shall. That means if you don't ever ask. Amen. You shouldn't expect to receive anything. From God. So um, let, me, let me tell you how effective this has been. Okay? So uh, I've been praying, Lord, help me discern and see what you're doing. Two weeks ago, maybe, maybe it was last week. Nope, two weeks ago. On a Sunday morning, I said, um, there was, Kelvin said that I was supposed to come up here and speak free, declare freedom three times. Y'all remember that? It was kind of weird. I was like, uh, okay. God, if you want me to do that, you're going to give me three things to declare freedom over. One of the things that he told me to declare freedom over at the end was offense. How many of y'all remember that? And so I just began to come against, we as a church family came against offense. And I said, if you have been allowing yourself to be offended, then you need to repent from that. You need to move away from that. You need to get rid of that. And so after that week, I had... Um, 
The next week, no, that week, we had somebody leave our church because the spirit of offense rose up in them. They were offended about lots of different things. And I said that I would help her find a different church home. And then the next week um, in our Sunday morning prayer meeting, we did this and the spirit of offense came up and we massively attacked the spirit of offense. And somebody else left the church because they were offended. And to be honest with you, I was a Thursday. It was, was this last Thursday. No, it was two Thursdays ago. I was praying and I was a little bit discouraged. I was a little bit discouraged because I have been attacking the spirit of offense and I don't understand why it's showing its face and why people are leaving. I don't get it. Why are people leaving? If somebody was going to leave because they were offended, wouldn't have they have left whenever I turned my hat around or wouldn't have they ever left at a different time? Like why now are people leaving? And so I'm praying on a Thursday and, and I feel discouraged because I feel like Satan is getting victory. And the Lord spoke to me on my office floor and he said to me, Satan is not the one that's influencing those people to leave. Here's what he said. You gave them a chance to repent. They chose not to repent. And so now I'm having to move them out. Y'all, that's hard. That's hard. That's not easy. That's my people. One of them has been going to church here for 20 years. She's my people. And, 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 and she left. And so, so this, this spirit of offense, we attacked and if you choose to be offended, just don't get offended. I won't be offended by you. You don't be offended by me. Let's all grow in the glory and the honor of God. In our pastor's meeting, we just really begin to do this. And the thing that keeps showing its face is just religious spirit that's been over this, this area. Really what it's been doing is separating churches. Churches in this area don't ever work together. I see them in Dallas working together. I see them in, in Waco working together. I actually text one of my pastor buddies. He used to be a pastor here, Lewis, because he was at this big thing with a bunch of guys in Dallas. And I said, dang, I wish I could do that here. And then I just decided I'm just going to do it myself here. And so we started this thing on, on Mondays. Right now we're having about 20 to 25 pastors once a month on Mondays show up to Clawson. And so we've been doing the same type of thing. Where is God moving? Where has the enemy had a, a, a stronghold? And what is God asking us to do? And we've been praying. It's been awesome. It's been crazy because like you can tell who's your Baptist people and who's your, who's your Pentecostal people or spirit-filled people and who's not. And you can tell who's a little bit uncomfortable in the prayer meeting and who's not. And it's cool. I love it all. I think they should all be there. Amen? Yeah. And so, uh, but the thing that keeps showing up is religious spirit. This religious spirit that's been dividing the church. And so what we have been seeing as we attack is we've been seeing more people outside of denominations to come into and, and work with us and strategize with us and pray with us and attack the same, same exact thing. And what we're seeing is division being broken in the name of Jesus. Would y'all give God some glory? What are you saying, pastor? I'm saying that you can be effective when you join the army of Christ. You can be effective in your prayer. When you're led by the Holy Spirit, when you're listening and watching what God is doing, when you're watching what the enemy is doing, when you're, when you're praying the word of God, you can be effective. There's also some other things that you can do to be effective and storm the gates of hell. And I want to give you three. Number one is you can fast. Everybody say fast. Fasting. What is fasting? Uh, I'm going to give you my definition of fasting. Fasting is you giving up something in the physical to gain momentum in the spiritual. 
Now, some people say that you, if you're not fasting food, that you're not fasting. Well, I'm not gonna argue with you, but I will give you a scripture that kind of, I feel like blows that out of proportion. In 1 Corinthians chapter seven and verse five, it talks about fasting sex. And so it says to uh, don't give up sex with your, with, your, with your spouse. You should be fasting sex if you're not married right now, always. Uh, but if you are married, it says in 1 Corinthians chapter seven, it says to don't withhold from your spouse unless you are fasting and praying, okay? Um, and when you're done fasting and praying, go have sex. <laughs> That's what it says. And all the married people say, amen. amen. But, so what are you saying? I'm saying that you can fast physical pleasures, okay, that being one of them, food is one of them, TV is one of them, lots of things are physical pleasures. You can give up physical pleasures, physical things that you love to gain momentum in the spiritual. And that, from what I understand about the Bible is what fasting is. If you are in book, hey, before I share this, fasting makes your prayers more powerful. It always does. Fasting makes your prayers. Some of you are sitting in here, you're like, well, I've never fasted before. Okay, let me challenge you. We're about to do a seven-day fast starting tonight. Let me challenge you. Fasting makes your prayers more powerful. You say, well, show me that in the Bible. Okay, I will. In uh, Matthew chapter 17, the Bible says that the disciples were trying to cast this demon out of this child. They're not able to cast the demon out of the child. And Jesus comes and he casts the demon out of the child. And they say to him, why couldn't we cast the demon out of the child? And he says, well, you ain't, first of all, you ain't got enough faith. But then secondly, whenever you get to verse 21, he says, however, this kind does not go out except by fasting and prayer or prayer and fasting. So fasting makes your prayers more powerful. If you're in boot camp, how many of you are in boot camp right now? Whoa, if you are in boot camp, this is gonna be a requirement for you for the next seven days. If you're not in boot camp, it's totally your choice, but I think you should do it. And if I could command you, I would command you to do it. But it's up to you. But you should feel guilty if you don't do it. <laughs> I'm just kidding, <laughs> partially. <clears throat> um, so listen, I'm, I'm gonna give you an option of four, four different fasts, okay? So that you can kind of go, I feel, I'm doing two of them. Uh, and so uh, I'm gonna give you an option of four different fasts for the next seven days, starting at six o'clock tonight. We're gonna end the fast next Sunday at six o'clock for Miracle Night. And we're gonna take communion together to end our fast together. It's gonna be cool. Uh, and so here's the two, the, the four different options. Option number one, I'm asking you can do a complete fast, which is just water, or some would say just liquids. Just water would be a complete fast. Just liquids would be a complete fast away from food. Um, that you're not eating anything for the next seven days. Uh, number two is a Daniel fast. If you don't know what a Daniel fast is, get on Google. It will explain it to you. The easy way to put it is it's mostly fruits, vegetables, and nuts, things that are grown from the ground. Uh, Daniel and the Bible did not do meats and all the different things that uh, wines and all the different things that they were doing. He stood up to be different. Um, number three is an intermediate fast. And that would be where you give up two meals a day but then you eat a third meal. So you could give up breakfast and give up lunch, but then you eat dinner. So the next day you get, give up breakfast and you give up lunch. Now, let me just tell you, if you're not adding prayer and spiritual disciplines, then there's no point in fasting, okay? So, um, so if you're gonna do this, then you need to, if you're gonna be disciplined enough to not eat or disciplined enough to not do some of the other things, you need to go ahead and add in some disciplines to make sure that you're growing spiritually. Somebody say amen. So you could do a complete fast, a Daniel fast, an intermediate fast, or number four, you can do a complete secular fast. 
It's going to be hard right now because there's a lot of things everybody wants to see. Everybody wants to know everything that's going on with Israel. Everybody wants to know uh, news, TV shows. Basketball season starts this week. Football season, college football is going on right now. And so if you're doing a complete, you say, well, I don't want to eat. I'm doing the secular fast. Well, you better do a secular fast. All of that is secular. And so if you're going to do secular fast, that means that the only thing that's going into my mind is preaching, worship, spiritual things, spiritual books, spiritual shows, things that are growing you and moving you forward um, spiritually. So uh, how many of you will take the challenge to fast? Fantastic. All right, you can put your hands down. I'm not looking around. I just wanted to see that I could get the most of you with me. Yes. And I believe over the next seven days, we're going to grow in our prayers. What we're doing is going to be more effective. Number two. So how do we make our prayers more effective? Number two, declaring in prayer. Uh, declaring in prayer. I think it's important for you to understand that there is power in you asking God for things. Uh, let me give you an example in scripture. So Hezekiah, a prophet comes up to Hezekiah and tells Hezekiah, get your orders in affair because you're about to die. Okay. Hezekiah goes and he pleads and begs and asks God to not die. And then God tells the prophet to turn back around and go back to Hezekiah and tell him, I'm going to add 15 more years to your life. So now you got some more time to get your affairs in order. And so Hezekiah does not die. There's power in asking God for things. Everybody said, but there's also power in you understanding the authority that God has given you to be able to declare things. And let me explain because some of you, this is not a name it, claim it thing. And you, you can't name and claim, um, uh, uh, you are not God. Okay. So you cannot put your will out there and declare your will and expect for your will to be done, but you can declare his will. Okay. So when, when something is in the Bible and it's, it's Bible, it's truth, you can declare it. Okay. You don't have to beg God for it. You can speak that into existence. When the Holy Spirit tells you to do something, if the Holy Spirit told me, told me to go and, and declare that someone was going to be healed, then I could go and declare and expect that they're going to be healed. But if it's Josh's will, then I cannot go do, I can't go tell David, David, if you have faith and I have faith, take those glasses off and smash them on the floor and you're going to be able to see. I've seen pastors do that. And if you're not led by the Holy Spirit, you're going to make yourself look stupid and you're going to make David look stupid because now he's going to have to buy him some new glasses. <laughs> so what are you saying? I'm saying, listen to me. You can ask God for things. But then let, when you are led by the Holy Spirit and you begin to understand the spiritual realm, when God is opening your eyes and you're beginning to be led by the Holy Spirit in what you're doing, you can declare and there's power. What you're doing this is what Jesus said. Jesus said, what I do is what the Father is leading me to do. And what Jesus mostly did was a declaration. Come out of him in the name of Jesus. So you can declare things when led by the Holy Spirit and there's power and you taking the authority of Christ and, de and declaring things when God is leading you to do so. Somebody say amen. amen. And then number three, um, number three is intercession. Now, a few weeks back, I gave our prayer team a word that I feel like the, the Lord gave me. And that was that God was raising up intercessors in our church. And I told them, 
I believe that God's telling me to tell you this because he's about to begin waking some of you up in the middle of the night and you're gonna be wondering why in the world that God is waking you up in the middle of the night. And I'm telling you right now, he's waking you up in the middle of the night because he wants you to intercede for the church family and the boot campers. He wants you to go to war for the people that Satan is coming to war against. And then the next week on Sunday morning, I asked them, just out of curiosity, was anybody woken up in the middle of the night and had to go to war and prayer and intercession? And 17 of them raised their hands. That They were woken up in the middle of the night. Here's what I believe. I believe that God is raising up intercessors in this room. What does it mean to intercede? It sounds like a very spiritual word, like, oh my God, that's an intercessor, bro. And, but it's really simple, okay? So intercession, here's what it means. To intercede is to intervene on behalf of another. So if... I woke up this morning, I had a really bad dream about a really good friend of mine um, last night. And I woke up interceding for about 45 minutes this morning for that friend. Because I knew that the Lord was telling me he's going through something and I need to be pray for him, praying for him. It's not super spiritual. That's just me listening to the Lord as he's waking me up, as I get this dream, as I get this thing, and I, and I go into intercession for him. Right now, I'm interceding for Israel. Anybody else interceding for Israel? You're praying for Israel. I'm interceding for uh, this past week. The Satanic Temple did a big thing in, in Livingston. And this has been a week where I have been interceding for the Satanic Temple. And I've been, I've reached out to a couple of the, the, the guys with the Satanic Temple and, um, and apologized for Christians protesting and telling them that they're going to burn in hell and not being Jesus. And I just tried to just show them some love and be Jesus to them. And so I'm interceding. Why? Because I would love to see some of those guys get saved. And what would happen with them if they got saved? How cool would that be? And so I'm interceding right now for those guys. And now I have a little bit of a relationship going on with them. And, and I'm, going to, I'm going to attempt to see if I can get some of them saved. And how cool would it be to have an ex- Satanic temple leader on the stage with me, sharing with you guys what Jesus did in his life. But you gotta recognize what God is leading you to do and intercede on those behalfs. If God shares with you that you're supposed to pray for somebody and you don't pray for somebody, that's on you. And their hands are partially on you. Their blood, you could say. It's on you. He's asking you to go to war. So go to war. Amen? So let's put all of this together. Number one, you don't have any power without Christ, so you can't storm anything. Number two, when you understand his power, his authority, Christ gives you the authority to storm the gates of hell. And we do that in prayer. And we strengthen our prayer by aligning ourselves with God by recognizing what the enemy is doing, celebrating what God is doing, recognizing what the enemy is doing and attacking against the enemy and digging into the word and praying the things and receiving the things that God tells us to receive while we are fasting, we are declaring, and we're interceding as God leads us. We become our very effective soldiers in the army of Christ when we're doing this. Somebody say amen. Would you stand with me this morning? I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Worship team, if you guys would join me up here on the stage and get ready. Altar team, would you guys come up to the front and get ready to pray? Hey, listen, um, 
Would you just bow your heads and close your eyes? Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I just come to you right now. Holy Spirit, I thank you for the word. I thank you, God, for the power that you've given us. I thank you, God, that you lead and you direct and you guide us in our lives if we will allow you to and if we will listen. Father, I pray that you would lead us and guide us this morning. God, I pray that this word would be made personal to every person in this room, that you would stretch us, that you would challenge us, that you would encourage us, that you would grow and mature us into what you have for us. Father, I pray as as we're getting ready to respond, that you would lead us and guide us in that response. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Would you just keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed? And I'm just gonna ask the Holy Spirit to do whatever it is that he wants to do. Listen, every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here today, if you're here today and you're not following the Lord, maybe you have in the past, but right now you're not following the Lord. You're not in the army. You're not being effective. And you know that you need to make things right with God. Maybe you wanna come up here and just find a place by yourself. Maybe you wanna come up here and allow somebody to, to pray with you and agree with you and go to bat with you and go to war with you. In just a minute, if you know that you're not right and you need to get things right, don't wait another day. Also, if you're here this morning and you're, you're tired, you're beat down and you feel weary, here's what Jesus said. He said, come to me all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens and I will give you rest. If you're in here this morning and you feel like you need some supernatural and some spiritual rest, in just a minute, I wanna invite you to come. If you're in here this morning and you need prayer, maybe you need healing, you need wisdom, you need guidance, you need something from the Lord. In just a minute, listen, do not allow Satan to talk you out of receiving what God wants to do in your life. We're about to sing that song, God Problems. And as we begin to sing that song, if you need prayer or you wanna get alone with God or you wanna come up to the front and worship the Lord and, and go to war with him, would you step out and come right now? Come on.